Hello, and welcome to our Bible Talk podcast as we are working our way through different books in the Bible and looking at how the drama of redemption unfolds. I'm Sky, and I'm here with two of my coworkers. Hi, I'm Anna. Hi, I'm Sam. And we are so excited that you're joining us. This week is a big week for our podcast and our Bible study series. And do you know why? New Testament! (laughs) Yes. Today we are going to be in the New Testament. Uh, We have spent the whole first part of this academic year reading from many of the different Old Testament books. Um, And recently we've been looking at the role of prophet, priest, and king. And we've heard of a number of prophecies, and we've read some of these prophecies um, that now get fulfilled here in the New Testament. Last week, in particular, we read from the prophets Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Um, And in these books, we heard about prophecy that was directly speaking about a new covenant. Um, And this new covenant um, and the prophecy that we have here, um, we get explicitly from Jeremiah 31, 31. So Sam, can you read this for us just to remind us of this prophecy? Sure. It says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Great. Thanks for reading that for us, Sam. Um, As Sam read, you hear that the new covenant is promised. um, And we know what God promises comes to fruition. There is great hope in this promise and much expectation. If we remember from last week, we were talking about the new covenant and the old covenant. We were talking about how good the new covenant was going to be. Um, Just a couple things from there is the new covenant was going to be something instituted by God. It was going to bring heart transformation um, and it was going to bring a permanent solution to sin. So this new covenant is promised and there's so many good things that are going to come from it. But it leaves these questions of like, when is the new covenant going to come? Um, How is the new covenant going to come? What exactly is this going to look like? Uh, These are questions that the people of Israel would not have known the answer to. They would have not been able to fully realize or understand kind of how this new covenant was going to be established until the new covenant actually comes. And what's also promised with this new covenant is a Messiah. There's a Messiah who's promised, someone who's going to come and save the people. So we read last week from Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Um, Today we're jumping into the New Testament. But before we do that, um, I want Anna, if you could read for us the last verses from Malachi. And Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. So these are actually the last verses of the Old Testament. And they speak of a prophet who will come who will come before the Lord, the Messiah. So Anna, can you read these last verses from Malachi 4? For sure. Malachi 4, 5 through 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with the decree of utter destruction. Thanks for reading that, Anna. And what I just want to highlight from there is that there is a prophet, Elijah, who is promised. um, And then there was a Lord who is coming after that prophet, Elijah. And these are the last verses in the Old Testament. Um, These are the end of Malachi. And where we pick up, the next book in the Bible is Matthew, which is the New Testament. Um, And in between Malachi and Matthew is a 400-year period. There's 400 years where the people of Israel are waiting waiting to see how are these prophecies going to be fulfilled. 
So with that, we will now turn to the New Testament and read some passages from Matthew. These passages are going to alert us to the fact that the new covenant is indeed unfolding. That now is the time that the new covenant is being fulfilled. And as we're here in Matthew, we'll also be introduced to the prophet who is promised, who comes before the Lord. So a quick note on Matthew. Matthew is the first of four Gospels that we have in the New Testament. And the word gospel means good news. And it speaks generally just about the life of Jesus, which is indeed good news. The best news, actually. And it's good news because Jesus is the promised Messiah. He is the one who will usher in the long-awaited new covenant. So we're going to read into Matthew chapter 3 and chapter 4, and we're going to look at a number of different ways that God pulls back the curtain, so to speak. God's essentially saying, look, look right here. The new covenant is unfolding. It's happening. It's happening right now. We're going to see the start of the unfolding of the new covenant and the preparation that precedes the coming of the Messiah. So why don't we jump into scripture? Um, We're going to start with the prophet, who we now know is John the Baptist and how he prepares the way. So Anna, would you be able to jump in and read the beginning of Matthew chapter 3 for us? Yep. Matthew 3, 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Great. Thanks for reading that passage. Here we are introduced to John the Baptist, who is the preparer, kind of preparing the way for the Messiah. That Messiah is the one who is bringing in, ushering in the new covenant. So looking at this text, um, Sam, Anna, I'd love for you guys just to jump in. What do you see in this text? How do you see John the Baptist preparing the way? So something that sticks out to me is uh, that God does seem like this promised prophet who we read about in Malachi. Um, He seems like a forerunner to Jesus, the precursor. Uh, and he also seems very similar to Elijah, not only in the just chronological time period of his appearance before Jesus comes, um, but also in his attire and the way that he dresses, um, because this is a reference all the way back to Second Kings 1.8 uh, that talks about Elijah wearing garments of hair and often having a, le- a leather belt around his 
waste. Um, so John is kind of emulating that as well. He is the new Elijah in appearance and form. Um, and then also, Jesus confirms this later on. It's not just a, a mystery of, oh, was John supposed to be the, the new Elijah that comes? Jesus confirms this in Matthew eleven fourteen 14, um, by saying that John is the Elijah who was to come and precede him. And also, it, it's interesting how he prepares the way. You know, he calls for repentance. That's his message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that really fits with the Malachi, too, because it says the, um, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of their children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. So there is a sense of if you don't repent, um, just like he's so strong with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. If you if you don't repent, you will suffer punishment for that. But there is the reverse is if you do repent, you'll be invited into this new kingdom. So he has a message of a new kingdom that's coming, someone who's coming after him, who's mightier than he is, who he's not worthy to carry his sandals. And this day is coming, but the way to prepare for that person showing up is to repent from sin. Um, and so it does seem like the kind of preparation that is indicated in Malachi as well. And it is interesting that part of what John is saying is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, just this idea of kingdom, because as we've been going through the Old Testament, we've been talking about different kingdoms. We've been talking about kings. Um, and here it's just really pointing towards a new kingdom, um, kind of this new king that will be ushered in. And this king and kingdom will just be so much more than what we saw in the Old Testament and under the Old Covenant. And also there, it talks about the Spirit coming. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And that was a promise, not so much in Malachi, but we saw in Ezekiel that he will set his Spirit upon them. So that was another element of the New Covenant about the Spirit. So that's just another thing that stood out to me as we read that. And one other thing that stands out to me about John's message is just the the call to action, the call to repentance that he gives the people um, to prepare their hearts. And this is a different way to prepare uh, to come before the Lord, but before the Lord will appear to them than we saw in the Old Testament. Like back then, um, there were sacrifices and rituals and just ceremonies and traditions that had to be uh, undertaken in order to kind of come come before. God and there needed to be priests who would do the, the job for them. Um, but we see now that the people have the ability to merely just turn turn towards John, come to the river to prepare their hearts, realize that they are not living the law. Confession is the only prerequisite that uh, they need to fulfill before they can have access to this new covenant. So as we've been saying, there are so many things, and this just reminds me of what we touched on last week in Jeremiah and Ezekiel, so many things with this new covenant that is going to be new, for lack of a better word, new and better. Um, and we see John the Baptist um, proclaiming this message of repentance, um, and we see the other prophets, similar to other prophets, um, John's also announcing Kind of something that is to come, um, the one who is mightier than he is, um, someone who will have authority to baptize with the Holy Spirit. Um, and these are just incredible things um, to see how John is the forerunner for Christ, um, how John is really preparing the way. Um, and this is kind of one of the first things we see of the new covenant is unfolding. The new covenant is here and upon the people here in Matthew. So we're going to pause here. 
Um, and we're going to pick up with part two, where we'll look more directly at Jesus and read specific passages from Matthew that speak of Jesus and the beginning of his ministry, that Jesus as the promised Messiah. So we'll pause here. Thanks for listening. Um, and we ask that you pick back up with part two. Bye-bye. <laughs>